welcome to Melanated Conversations. Our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tarian. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. I am your co-host, Yana. And I am your co-host, Tarian. Welcome back, guys. So good to be back on the air. Oh, we miss talking to y'all and just having just, you know, you know, just real conversation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, We thought we would go back to something that we've done in previous seasons and have a group chat regarding, you know, a particular topic and just kind of share our personal kind of experiences in the, you know, the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the topic, though, of today, I want to introduce you guys or reintroduce you guys mm-hmm. back to a very special guest that we had on this season. You all know her. You all love her. Yes. My girl. Hi. Hello. It's Adrian. It's back on the mic with us today. I am so happy. You don't know how much I missed you all. It seems like it's been months. It really does. It really does. It's only been a couple of months, but it seems like it's been, first of all, I feel like we, you know, we, you call us, we call it, we're, we're family now. Like you're our cousin, Damn. our big cousin. Damn. So just the chemistry that we had the very first time that we ever talked to you was um, off the charts. And so I'm just glad what that it really that, that, That's why I felt so bad that we haven't talked so long. Cause it's I was like, good. it doesn't do that. But at the same time, that's what you said. It's all good. That's how family is. Yeah. I don't have to worry. And I love you all for that. That really means the world to me. I, I appreciate that. Yes. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. And I'm sorry. I cut off. I was trying to, uh, these allergies of mine are not agreeing with me today. So I had to sneeze for a second. Yeah, I, I was like, she was like getting ready to introduce you. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I said that I was thinking, you know what? That, that was my cue to just go. There you go. I love you. See, you know where to fall in. <laughs> I was like, this is a cute to just go. Oh, it's so good to talk to you all. I'm so relaxed. I was going to do this from the bed. I was like, but let me get out of the bed. Because I was like, let me not be that comfortable. But I'm in a reclining chair. Oh, be comfortable. Yeah, I got a cup of tea. I told my mother and sister I'm on a call. So hopefully we don't get interrupted. And I just already feel better having, um, you know, dialed in. Oh. Yes, well, I'm glad. I'm glad, and this is as much gummy therapy for me as it is yeah. for you, because um, this topic I think is even more timely. Because even right now, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's kind of it's even. I think more so, a lot of people are going through this. Um, so we're actually going to talk through the topic of journeying through grief, mm-hmm. and we know mm-hmm. that. Um, I know we get tired of talking about COVID and other things that have happened in the, in, you know, in light of recent years. Um, it's crazy to think that we're almost on that backside of 2021 and it's two years <laughs> into this thing. I know. Um, that's why I'm losing track of time. And it's, I feel like, cause everything seems like, a, like, um, deja vu. 
Yeah. And that's where we were. We yeah. thought, yeah, we, go, we, thought we, was gonna, we thought we was gonna get two weeks and it's banging out. I know. I was going like, back in after Easter. Before we in that before Easter time. That was it. Easter Sunday, <laughs> Randall Ranch Sunday. Remember how excited we were when the vaccine was out and we were thinking, yeah, we're gonna finally be able to, you know, see each other and see our families and, and now we're back to, you know, oh people with vaccine getting Delta and surviving. And then the people that don't have the vaccine, you're like, why are you not getting the vaccine? Yes. But I'm grieving for that. But I'm glad we're talking about grief because it's personal, something that everybody goes through, but I'm going through it um, right now. Yes. And it's good to be able to talk about that. But when I even think about talking about grief, what you just said, it's so many things. I'm, half, I'm mourning the, the passing of my father, who was 95, which means we had him that long in such a big hole to fill. But luckily, you know, I'm based in Sweden and D.C. Luckily, I was here when it happened, so I didn't have to come in yeah. for it. Um, you know, I came in on a month, Sunday. He stopped eating that Monday, that Friday he died. But we were all together. He died at home. But it's just, it's horrible. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And, and oh. before, 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 I don't mean to cut you off, before we really yeah. kind of get into the conversation, I do want to put a disclaimer out there really quickly yeah. that uh, we are not professionals and these are just how we're processing uh, individually, how we process grief and our thoughts and on grief and, and our journeys through the grief that we've experienced. So please do not take what we're saying as hard advice or, or, or advice. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and, yeah. Yes, and towards the end yes. of the show, as well in our show notes, we'll definitely have resources that you can, you know, if you need to take that next step from a professional um, standpoint, we will have numbers and resources that you can call and connect um, for that step. And I know a sister in, Absolutely. yeah, I know a sister in um, Denmark who's from Uganda, who's a licensed um, therapist who specializes in working with sisters. Mm, um, yeah. in Europe, you know, for that cultural, because, you know, that's important when you do get yeah. help. Mm-hmm. You need to have to have somebody that can relate to you. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Well, so, I can I talk about that, too. Europe. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad you said that, because I do, I do know a sister in Europe, but she did a group session for us last year when people were really having a hard time with COVID and the Black Lives Matter and all the stuff that was going on, and it was powerful. And it, you could hear a lot of pain and grief in there because part of this grief thing too is the loss of just safety and security I think we're feeling. Mm-hmm. I know I'm feeling that. Um, we were, you know, haven't had home COVID tests and, you know, again now making sure, you know, worrying about, I know like you ladies, your, your kids going in to school or whether they're not going to go to school. It's like a morning of grief. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm grieving a loss of I don't know. What is it? Um, yeah. And, and it's, do you know I what I'm trying it, to say? Especially yeah. when I think about our, our people who still aren't vaccinated. I'm grieving. Yeah. I think it's a, we're grieving, a, like you just said, we're grieving a, a myriad of things, but really grieving the lives that we once had before COVID, pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, and that's a lot of stuff, you know? <laughs> we are definitely you know, that's grieving. Exactly. You hit it. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I couldn't articulate it, but you're absolutely right. We're grieving the life. Yeah, I was just kind of just kind of taking what you said, Terry, and I was just thinking about how grief is, you know, 
you know, we as most people think of, you know, we think of grief naturally as, you know, a passing of someone, of someone dying. And that's most often the biggest grief that we experience as people. But right. um, grief can encompass it. Like I said, it can encompass so many things. It can be the loss of a job or mm-hmm. um, loss of your, you know, if you we are ever evolving individuals and um, shedding parts of our lives or going through transitions. That's a grieving lady. Yeah. Yes. You ladies have it back to the back. Yeah. Marriage, the death of the family that you built with that person. Like, well, we didn't have kids together, but like your in-laws, you know, all those friends that they brought into the marriage. And you're like, okay, who's going to be friends, whatever, you know, I like to joke. My first husband, I like, his god sister. She's the only thing I got out of the divorce. You know, we mm-hmm. stayed friends. They call each other cousins. But the, I met him because one of my best friends was his first cousin. So I hadn't talked to her since then. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of grief. You know, I feel like I forget something. I forget what it is. I should probably be depressed person because I forget, like, if you go through so much grief, if you don't really process it, it can put you into to depression. And I know divorce is something to, that, you know, that's a death. Yeah. Um, Death of a family member. That's a death. Pat, as you say, other situation. I can't think of what it's something else that I had. I think the divorce. Oh, and even friend, like friend, friendships. Yeah. Friendship. Oh, I'm a former military. Well, I am a military wife. I have a string of friendships across the country or whatever that didn't survive. You're constantly mm-hmm. starting over. And that's hurtful because you, but then I too try to think that. You have people in your life for certain seasons and reasons, you know? Yeah. But it hurts because as adults, it's hard to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you ain't do Yes, ma'am. <laughs> although although my, uh, my mantra is no new friends after a certain per- period. I'm playing people, but a part of me is very serious. I was like, oh, I know you. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that sounds, I said this is my year of no. 2021 is my year of no. Like I was saying um, no to putting myself in bad situations. That's no to no new friends, especially if they're not going to be valuable. I mean, and that's what I mean. I know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because you got to, you know, you're we're already in the process of maybe early. Well, no. I can't remember. Okay, yeah, this is late spring cleaning. We're going into fall. But that was another thing that, that I did for 2021. Some people, you're just like, uh-uh. I don't have to um, go there with them. And, you know, those people don't even notice if you're not engaging with them. Anyway, I found. Right, right. Um, so that's a, that's a death of that, that I'm grieving that, because that's some people... That you thought were your friends, you you find out you're not your friend. Some people I still haven't heard, you know, um, condolences for my father's passing, for example. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you have people that barely know you. That is part of their culture. You know, they they you know they give you all this grief, and you know they give you all that outpouring, and you can tell that's part of their culture. And then you have yeah. people that have known you that don't even, and you're like seriously. But that's a, so that's a grief. So even when you're grieving, you find that you have other things to grieve for because of what happens. During that grieving process, yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I I have a question I'd, I'd like to ask both of you, ladies. Do you think um, that you ever stop grieving? I think it it depends, but most often I think you don't necessarily stop. It just evolves. Each yeah, the way you grieve changes over time. Yeah, and a good leeway into that is thinking about 
there's a model kind of like the five stages of grief um, that we all kind of experience. And I think it's like step one is denial. So, you know, you're still trying to cope um, with the terms of whatever loss you've experienced and it still hasn't hit you that it's real and you're denying that. I feel that, you know, because I hear my mother every day. I miss my husband. I can't believe that he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I find it interesting that, I know I asked the question, but you start talking and I just find it interesting that today we picked this date. Today is actually the 33rd anniversary of when my mother died in a car. I did not realize that when I just, no, I didn't, I really, like, I thought about it. I thought about it last night and I thought about it this morning, but, and then it just kind of like, no, and, and so like just sitting here, I was like, man, we're really having, we're having a conversation about, about grief. Um, and I say that to say that besides the fact that I'm acknowledging that on, on this platform today, but um, obviously I was extremely young when I lost my mother, but I always think about my, my grandmother and uh, I used to kind of, she would, I would kind of get, and she knows, I, I used to tell her, I would kind of used to get irritated with her um, because she would. On the on the my mother's anniversary, the death of her anniversary, she would always like expect um, someone to call her or to acknowledge that date. And I'd just be like, why are we I was like, why? Why can't you just focus on the good things and the memories? And I've and um, and that, you know, just being older and things now, like I understand, even though I'm, I, you know, I haven't experienced grief on that level. Uh, as far as like mother child uh mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. um, I've come to understand from her vantage point that that's a date that she will never remember, and she was heavily impacted. Never forget. Never forget. She will never forget that. And mm-hmm. so, for someone to at least acknowledge it, especially for her own granddaughter, it was it was my mother. For me to just say, hey even if I don't necessarily bring up the subject matter, but I call her on that date and just say, hey, just call and see what you're doing or how you doing today or da, 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 da. It makes a world of a difference for her. And she always says, you know, I ne-, she said, I never stopped grieving the loss of your mother. But she said each passing day, like, or each year that that date comes around for her, um, not that it ever gets better, but she's learned how to cope. If that yeah. that makes sense, and she and she says, and then in between those dates, she has all the wonderful memories, and so she chooses to focus and think about all those wonderful memories, but obviously never forgetting, you know, her passing dates. So, well, and I can understand that because you, it's kind of like you want the world to stop. You're like, wait a minute, what? yes, yeah, nothing happened, you know, yeah, because because her world is never the same. Like I say, like mine, like I, I know, like I vibrate different as a fatherless child. Your mother, your mother, um, your grandmother, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She is this for you, I imagine. I mean, I can't, you guys are mothers, I'm not, but I can't imagine that grief either. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can't imagine that grief either. But it's so good that you all could talk about that, that you know, you know? Yeah, because, absolutely. Because grief, that's the other thing, but grief could be so horrible and painful that you can't even talk about it. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, Terry. You know, I wanted you all could talk about it. I wanted yeah. to ask you um, when we never actually have ever had a conversation about, you know, I don't think you and I have ever had like a personal conversation about talking through about your mother and your mother's passing. So I would like to ask, and I hope you're okay with that. You know, you don't yeah, I'm totally fine. <laughs> but shoot, for it, go for it. 
kind of adding to, you know, what you shared about, you know, what your grandmother experienced. What was your experience like since, you know, you you lost your mother at a time where it really wasn't comfrey in the world? Like, did you recognize yeah. or do you remember? And even as you've kind of grown through adulthood and evolved as a person, I, how how has your grieving process looked like for you with your mother? Man, yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I don't mind answering that. I may, I'm going to try to be like brief. I don't want to be super long with it because I want you ladies to be able to share as well. But um, like I said, for, I, I was um, three years old. Uh, my mother was killed in a car accident up in upstate New York. She was uh, in the military and she was a passenger in the car, um, died instantly on impact. Uh, there was a survivor. As far as I know, the, the young lady who was driving is still alive. It was, it was an accident. Anyway, um, so at the time I was living with my grandma. My grandmother had guardianship over me. My dad was in the Navy. So um, I think he was, he was out to sea. This actually happened two days before my dad's birthday as well. So my dad's birthday is coming up in a couple of days. So anyway, um, I, so I was, like I said, I was three. I was out. I, so my birthday was later on the same month as well. And so I, I distinctly remember, uh, and I don't know how, but I distinctly remember the military showing up to my grandmother's house. I was sitting in the, in the living room on the floor. I remember them re- uh, knocking on the door. They had the flag in their hand. They gave her the news and she, you know, she broke, I remember her picking me up, running across the street to our neighbor's house um, and, you know, and weeping uh, in her lap. So I distinctly remember that day getting that news, although I didn't really know what was going on. I also remember, uh, I think about a, a couple of months after, two, well, two things. My grandmother, so I went to my mother's wake. I did not go to her funeral. My grandmother said she didn't want to traumatize me. Yes. So I was, she let me, I went to the wake. So I was able, I remember, you know, for whatever reason, I remember that. And my grandmother said my mom had a couple of scratches on her face from the accident that they tried to cover. And she said, I asked about, about that. Um, But my grandmother didn't make sure that I went into counseling um, for about a year afterwards, because that next year I was actually starting kindergarten. Um, So I do remember going to counseling. I don't really remember like, um, the ins and out, but I do remember going into counseling. The The other thing I will say before I kind of go into more detail is that y'all know, like I wear my faith on my sleeve and being a, I, I, I'm a professing believer uh, in Jesus Christ. And so I believe that God is sovereign. What do I mean by that? I mean that even that we all experience different things in life, good, bad, and the ugly. And I believe that not that God, um, destines those things to happen, but sometimes he will, those things are allowed to happen in our lives for a greater purpose or a greater plan. And so what I mean by that is I often reflect and look back over my life and I ask myself the question, because I used to, as a, as a, like a preteen or teenager, I would see girls in their relationships with their mother and I'd be like, that's not fair. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Like just girls being close with their mothers. Like I have my grandmother, my grandmother's not old. Uh, my grandmother's just turned uh, 76 last month. So my grandmother's not. She don't look like it either. She don't, <laughs> you know, she don't act like it uh, either. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it was my grandmother, because my grandmother always tried to make sure that I understood. She always like, I'm your grandmother. I'm not your mother. And I will never replace your grandmother. So people would always be like, why don't you just call 
your grandmother, mom, she's basically your mom. My grandma would always correct and say, I'm not her mother. I'm her grandmother. Uh, and so she always tried to make that that distinction clear. But anyway, I, I would question that and I was kind of be like, that's not fair. And I don't think I verbalized that to anybody. That was just something that I personally internalized. Um, but as I got older and I experienced different things in life, I started to be like, if my mother was still alive, my life would be different, completely different without going into a whole bunch of other details. Um, and y'all may know maybe some of what I'm referring to, but just my my life would be different. Uh, and would I have grown up in the place that I grew up? Would I would have gone to high school? Would I have made the friends that I made? Would I have had these different experiences? I don't know, possibly. But the likelihood of those my life playing out the way that it has, probably not in the same sense. So um, I I have to look at my mother's de- death and try to find the silver lining if that makes any kind of sense. And I know grief doesn't make sense. A lot of times we say things, and that's one thing I've learned too, like even listening or to other people who are like presently in recent grief that sometimes they may say or do things, you'd be like, that just makes no kind of sense. I've learned to respect how people grieve because it's not going to look the same for everybody. But I, I, the one thing that I've been able to take is that like, Lord, like that happened. And that's, and you don't ever want anybody else to experience that, especially a child. But at the same time, beautiful, wonderful things have happened from that trajectory in my life, if that makes any kind of sense. Absolutely makes sense. So makes I don't know. Me. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, if I'm making sense. Um, I think I've had one major, like, grief breakdown and I was older. I think I was, like, in my early 20s uh, where I think I, for whatever reason, like, allowed myself to have like a grieving moment. I don't know. I, 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 I'm grateful for my grandmother and even other family members, you know, my, my family on, on the, the side of the family that Yana and I share together, the stories and the pictures and all those things have helped to keep my mother's memory alive. And so people always ask me, well, do you remember your mom? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm, and they're like, but how? And I'm, and I've, just recently realized, I believe it is because there are so many wonderful stories and memories that people have shared and pictures and all those things that I've been able to subconsciously accumulate and absorb that to me, my relation or my memory of my mother is extremely real, although I was only three years old. That's wonderful, though. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, it's <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I had to go out care for Frederick. Yeah, I'm holding back tears. Because that's just, I have no idea. And you're such a wonderful woman. Who would have thought that you, oh, thank you. had navigated such a test? One of life's biggest challenges or life's biggest challenge so early on. Yeah. You can do anything. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm sorry I ain't up the, down the road where I can come and hug you. Um, no, I'm sending you an air hug. That's like frisbee on the air hug, John. Did the relationship, what course it did? How, how stupid question, but how did the relationship with your father progress after that? Oh, <laughs> um, like did you grieve together? That's another thing people grieve no, so differently. Like, no, actually, just the three of us in this house, me, my mother, my sister, we're all grieving. Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we did not grieve together. Um, because, like I said, at the time. Um, I, my grandmother had guardianship over me 
And so um, I... And he was active I, duty Navy. He was active duty Navy, Navy. But I did have a conversation with him. This was almost, this was about 13 years ago. Dang, that don't even seem like it was that long when I had this conversation. Yeah. But it was about 13 years ago, I had a conversation with him. because This was like shortly before uh, me and my husband were getting married. And I felt like I need to air out some grievances with him. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I aired out some grievances with him. Just about some things that I, you know, how I felt about our relationship growing up. And he he expressed himself, and once again, Jan, because Yana and I are first cousins, we got that cry, that that cry, that crying spirit over us. Even though I'd be feeling like I don't be having that heavy cry spirit, I was like, hey, you're a little harder than me, but yeah, but it's in the picture. We still got it though. <laughs> so my dad is very emotional, um, and he just really like really laid out some stuff and just how he. Like that moment when he got the news, mm-hmm. he, like I'm out to sea, my baby is not, I don't have my baby with me. And I get this news right before my birthday. Like they call over the intercom to say like, you need to come up to the deck because we like, we need to talk to you type of thing. And he's like, my world is shattered. And like, that was my first time like hearing my dad like mm-hmm. break down break down and like really share like how he experienced it from his side and yeah and just everything else you know what I'm saying and so uh yeah that was that was that was different and and obviously that allowed me to see him in a different light uh because like I said we just never know how people are people grieve so differently and so some things I felt like that I maybe held against him yeah some were things that I just was not aware of I had no idea uh, and so I was allowed, to, I was able to see him in a, in a different, in a different light. Yeah. Exactly. So I had that come to Jesus moment together. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. So there's some things like now that he may do and I like, I'd be like, Ugh, like, kind of like, I'm dead, dad, you, yeah, I mean, you know, be like that irritates me, blah, blah, whatever. But I've also been able to give him so much more grace. And yeah. how he's navigating through life because he also lost a brother six months before I was born. Yes. Okay. Uh, in a motor vehicle accident as well. So. Oh, he's like, not again. Oh, no. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. But that's actually who Terry and his name after. Yeah. Our Uncle Terry oh. was passed away. Oh. And. Yep. Yeah. And that. Oh, wow. Who both her mom and dad, you know, yeah. named her after. It actually happened wow. like the weekend after their wedding or something like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 uh. So, um, it almost seems too heavy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think when when we, when you sit and acknowledge the things that have brought you grief, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. But, you know, somebody, and, and I have gotten some messages from people, uh, well, one woman in particular who, um, an interesting older Swedish woman that I met um, at this beauty event. Um, and she just like stuck to me like glue. She knew the organizer and I was there as a blog or whatever. So I kind of had a connection to the organizer and she found that I just clung with me and we just hit it off. Like you, on the surface, you would think these two women have nothing in common, but we hit it off and she told me about her life story and how she lost the love of her life. And she's like, you know, always make sure that you keep things good with your husband, you know, things that might get on your nerves, you know. She just had like the big picture because of the grief that she had suffered. And she had a, a husband who had died. But the, and then she met the love of her life and then he died. And then she was just, you know, about how important relationships are. 
Mm-hmm. So there was, she, she sent me a message, you know, trying to be helpful. But she's like, you know, don't be sad. You know, think about all the happy times and stuff. And I'm thinking, that's good, but that's not necessarily helpful. Yeah. And I rolled her back in a tight way and said, you know, I said, I'm going to grieve. I said, grieving is good and it's natural. I know she's trying to make me feel better. I said, but I don't mind grieving. You know, I said, I don't mind that I'm in this period and I don't know how long it's going to be. But I didn't want her to think that I was like, you know, like, couldn't get out of bed and inconsolable or anything like that. Because that, right. I'm not suffering that. And it does have a, a lot to do with because I did, we don't have any regrets for what we did with Daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, caring for him, keeping him home. You know, he always wanted to be, like, he never wanted to go into a care home. Like, he, you know, he had dementia, then got bedridden. And so we had the caretakers here. We had everything. He died at home. The caregiver had just been there. He was clean as I don't know what before he passed. Mm-hmm. You know, as he had told us, it wasn't going to be lost. So that's part of it, you know, you know, and sometimes I feel guilty for like, maybe I should be grieving more. But then I know that we gave ourselves the gift of no regrets. So I don't have that. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. No, that's beautiful. So grateful I, for that. It made me think too that, that how we talk about grief, grief is a process. And I, and I just thought about this too. Like you think, oh, like, yes, it gets better or not even that it gets better over time. But like I said, you, you're able to cope mm-hmm. with that loss. But then I think grief still still rears its ugly head and resurfaces. Um, like my husband, both of his parents are um, passed away. He lost his parents, his mother when he was really young. And then his father passed shortly before he and I met. But I always grieve the fact that my children won't get to know their grandparents. They have one living grandparent that they've ever known. Like my children don't, don't get that. So I, I, there are times in life that I feel like just it looks different um, kind of depending on what the circumstance is. So that is something here, re- not recently, but since I've had children, when it comes to like um, my mother, with my mother not being here and even my husband's parents not being here, like I, I grieve that for my children. I grieve the fact that I don't, I, I never, I don't know what it's like to have in-laws besides my brother and sister, my husband's siblings, but I don't know what it's like to have a mother-in-law. I don't know what it's like to have a father-in-law. So um, I, I think about those type of things too, the, you know, different stages in, in life that we um, enter into that grief affects those. Yeah, when I met my current husband, yeah, I met my current husband that, that year that we met, he had gotten divorced, he had lost his grandmother and he lost his father. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that was really, really heavy. And it was, it was really, really tough. And I could see that. And now when I'm going through it, I'm like, I don't know how he dealt with it. Yeah. The triple loss, because I'm just dealing with the one. But he did, but his father was sick, so he had time to process that maybe. Um, grandmother, I think she was 99, but still sharp, didn't necessarily see that coming. The mm-hmm. divorce, you could still see coming. So, you know, that's the thing with grief. You, you kind of can get a war. Some things you see coming, some yeah. things you don't see coming. You know, but if I if I look at him now, I can still see some heaviness that he carries about his father. And it's more light when they talk about the grandmother, because I think, you know, 99, you know, you're kind of ready for older people to go. Mm-hmm. But a father, because then you think, well, his kids were teenagers, but now he's a granddad. You know, I'm a bonus grandmother. You know, so then you, like you said, you think of that, oh, you know, my dad never got to see his great grandchildren, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So you. You, you do you do have that, but then you do, you try to keep the memory alive. You know, you talk about the person, and yeah, you, you have the pictures. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we see how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yana, I was oh. going to ask for you. I was going to. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you. I, I know you. I talk more than I feel like I need. No, no, I had no. Important. Let me just say I had no intention. I was like, I'm supposed to sit back and listen. I think that's what happened. When you, <laughs> you should just sat there ate your food. My shit ain't that bad. Ain't my food. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to be able to share. I didn't want to put you on pressure, but I know you recently kind of dealt with a a, a recent loss that's affected you. I didn't know if you would share that or just your thoughts in general. Um, yeah. So, and I'm over here and this is another thing that I feel like sometimes we can fall into is thinking that I can't, my grief doesn't equate to yours. So I should be more, you know, accepting of mine than yours because mine is not as deep, but it is deep. Absolutely. So I say that to say to preface that, you know, hearing about, you know, Terry, and I always known you. I've always known you. Of course, I've always known you. <laughs> but I've always known your dynamic and, but I've never known like, you know, specifics or the deepness of, you know, and even just from the standpoint of, how that extends out to you from, I never thought about it from the perspective of, you know, you never experienced the in-laws or your children not having, only having one living grandparent and how that kind of whole dynamic affects you. Yeah. I mean, your family and, you know, Adrian, you losing a parent, can't fathom, you know, that process either. For me, my loss, um, or losses, I can say coupled over just in a, in the last year or so, the greatest was a really, really. We gonna get through it. We gonna get through it. We gonna um, get through it. Dear friend of mine, really, really good friend of mine. Um, since high school, she passed unexpectedly. It was not COVID related or anything, but um, she did have a condition that I wasn't aware of. And as a friend, going through that kind of stage of grieving. Um, I felt bad that I didn't know that she was going through what she was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, um, I think about, you know, her last experience. And I think about that she was able to spend her last moments with her family because mm-hmm. she passed the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and she was with her family. She was with her family, um, and got to have, you know, her last moments were joyous moments with her family. Um, but I also think about, too, that she was weeks away from getting married. That following, actually, a few days after Thanksgiving, she was actually supposed to have pictures, her wedding, um, some some photos done. She was getting last minute preparations done for her dress and her look and everything for the wedding. And the fact that she never got to experience that. Um, and she has, I guess I should share that she has two. She must have been devastated too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she has two sons and she has, she has a, um, a grandson now too. Um, so all of that, it was a lot, but at the moment, and so I was like, and I didn't go through all the stages of the grief. I guess I'll share those. So for context, so the five stages of grief are denial, number one, number two, anger, 
Um, number three, bargaining. Um, four, depression. And then five, you get to a point of acceptance. And I can elaborate on those, um, you know, as I go through. But, um, um, so I'm now in counseling. Um, oh, good. Part of the last, what, few months, couple months over the summer, I really had like a real breaking point where I think I started to feel the things that I, that I didn't, that I was, I guess, avoiding feeling. I thought I, quote unquote, grieved through it, but I was just, I numbed myself. Um, so I'm now um, in, in counseling, not just for that, but there's other things in my life that I'm grieving. Yeah, um, but that's good. And, you know, my doctor, my general doctor uh, gave me a um, referral for, for grief counseling with a psychiatrist. And I just haven't been able to find an appointment. It was over the summer and stuff. I'm so glad to hear you say that you're, you're doing that. Yes. Does it help? Absolutely. Um, so the stages you asked me that I was in, uh, well, where I'm process- navigating through was depression. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll explain a little bit kind of deeper into that. But back to um, just my friend, you know, um, I went through a lot of these cycles. And I think I was kind of dipping back and forth and was kind of in some moment at the same time. But I was in the denial period for a long time. Um, to the point where I never actually formally called her mom or her sisters because I still didn't connect with it myself. Wow. Um, and I'm getting to a point where now, you know, I can reach out and talk to them because I didn't want it to be superficial that you reached out to people and just saying, you know, I'm with you in print, but I didn't accept it myself. So, yeah, listen, and part of that, me not reaching out, I feel like that I dropped the ball, like, Am I true to guilty about that? Yeah. Yes. So you're carrying that on top of the grief. So yeah, I was so part of the, me going through counseling was processing that. Um, the anger, it was more of the anger of myself and not being more proactive and picking up the phone when I had her on my mind or talking to her as much as I um, or even just checking in. Because like I said, I didn't know that she was experiencing it any time. Then we would talk. She never gave me any inclination that she was battling something on her side. Yeah. Um, she would always call and because she was an avid listener of the show. She always called and, you know, it was, it was like, you know, checking in and was just so proud of where we are and just. She was your cheerleader. She was your friend. She was your girl. Mm. Yeah. And you don't have that anymore. And it's terrible. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you, you don't play friends like that. Um, you know what I mean? Like they don't grow, you know, they don't, they don't just come out of nowhere. People like that. Um, and I can hear your heart is broken. Mine is broken with you. Mine is absolutely broken with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely broken with you. Um, and, and especially when somebody's young and have so much future still and then not to think you said kids and grandkids and she's just about to start a new life with a new husband and after the anger you're like that's just not fair absolutely absolutely i'm sorry guys oh no no don't you don't you apologize you know what i can relate when you say that you didn't even know that she was sick and you feel guilty about that i found out accidentally on facebook that a friend somebody that i consider a good friend that i love 
And I said, that's all I can answer. And then somebody was running a GoFundMe me for them. Yeah. I was David that I didn't know. So I immediately, you know, donated and, you know, he messaged me and um, I got him a prayer group. I was like, we got to pray for my friend Lennon. And I want to say within a month, he's like in remission. And back there, we're like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how did I not know? And then I'm like, and how was this GoFundMe thing on Facebook for like two months or three months or something? And I didn't know. Yeah. So I felt that too. I thought, oh my God, how can you? And then I thought, I'm not my own stuff that I didn't realize what other people are going through. Some people don't want you to know. You're, maybe you're, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because I'm like, if it was public on Facebook, I can't say he was hiding it from me, you know, but, and then, you know, I can't say, well, why didn't he tell me? He was sick. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're like, well, I, I should have known. So I, you'll never, I don't know if I'll ever get over that part. Like, how did I, how did I not know that somebody was so sick and I, and I claimed I loved them, you know? Yeah. 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 I wonder if sometimes even like Yana, like you said, um, with your friend and you not knowing that she was battling something, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like your the relationships that we have with people, even people who are extremely close to us, sometimes we don't reveal certain things, uh, not for the sake of being secretive or not wanting that person to know, but... You know, sometimes if you give somebody some news about something, some people like they they're, they change. If that makes sense, how they may start to treat you, or yeah. and so I wonder if, and this is for anyone, but even for um, your friend, um, I don't want to say her name, so that's why I keep saying your friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I wonder if it, you know, what I mean, like a, I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to. I don't want to call, I don't even want to call it like a, a pride or ego thing, but just for the sake of keeping that relationship the same and not wanting it to become something disin, disgenu, disingenuous, if that's, that's, you know, I, that's I don't know what you're trying to say. I but just, you know what I mean? I'm going to give an example. Yeah, because I had rheumatoid arthritis for, I don't know, I guess like eight years and I had to take um, oral chemotherapy, like this tablet. But it meant, it, it was like an anti-immune thing. So it meant some days I just couldn't get out of bed. I felt like I was 90 years old or hit by a truck. Or sometimes I couldn't do things like if I, we were going to have dinner with somebody, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And once, once, that was before I was diagnosed. But then once I got the medicine, you have to get used to that. And then reading all the literature, they're like, you know, get together. You know, like I made sure my family knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, I need to extend my circle to tell my friends. And I told my friends. And, you know, you kind of get that initial, you're like, oh, okay, whatever, or I'm sorry, whatever. And then you hear nothing else about it. Nobody ever mm-hmm. mentions it ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Ever exactly. again. And then I had to process that with like, damn, okay, but do I have my, um, you know, my circle or whatever? Or, but I didn't, I didn't press it. But I don't know. But, but the person I would be the most aggressive with when it came to it about it would be my husband because I'm like you're looking at you're living with me you know yeah so he got to the point where he'd be like okay I give you the benefit of the doubt because you don't know no, I'm not just trying to get out of this or I'm not blowing it off so sometimes it doesn't help to tell people yeah or or, or and I overcompensate and then it becomes you know and I mean it's like you're doing too much like I'm you know what I mean like you may not be physically doing well but don't start treating me differently because, you know, now I'm battling this thing. Like, I want our relationship to remain the same. 
So don't feel like you have to overcompensate if that makes sense. And maybe that's what my friends did and kept me, treated me the same, which was great because it, maybe I'm lucky they treated me the same. And yeah. If I, I put that out there, if I had to go and talk about it, they would be receptive. That's right. Thing. Right. But I didn't know what to expect. You take that person is taking a chance when you put it out there because you don't know how, how people are going to react. Yeah. Some people are afraid. Yeah. Just afraid. And I was worried. You know, I talked to my mother-in-law. I was like, my husband's like, you know, your son's not going to like me because I'm sick. She's like, don't be crazy. <laughs> you know, that's not it. But you yeah. think that. And then I, how do I know? But she said the right thing, you know. And um, and he was the type that was like, you had to be responsible for your own meds. You know, because I was like, you don't even ask me, did I take my meds today? He's like, hey, you're grown up. You have to take your own meds. Yeah. And to me, that's a grieving thing because that's my fantasy. Grief. You know, I lost that fantasy that I was going to have this husband that would be checking on me every day. You take your medicine, I beer. That was a grief thing. Yeah. Yes. Because I was like, okay, that's what I would do for you. You know, you kind of, and that's not the thing you talk pre-marriage. Yeah. You know, are you going to make sure I take my, you know, that type of thing. I was like, he can be a little more attentive. But at the same time, he's not the type of husband that sweats you when you say, I'm going out with my girlfriends to whatever, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to the States for three months, or I'm doing, you know, he doesn't sweat. So you can't have it both ways. I tend to grieve that fantasy that I had about my marriage or relationship. That's good. Or what I thought I needed from my partner. So, I mean, what I think, and that is a sad moment. And you're like, I'm all the way over here in Sweden by myself. And you're not even asking me, you know, you're like, Bag. I mean, for me, it was, I had to, that was a grieving, but that really made me sad. And if I, if I really look at it, it was a, it was, it was a grieving thing because I, I no longer saw him that way. Yeah. Um, and none of that's fair on him, but that's just my reality. Yeah. You know, that was my unspoken expectation. And luckily, you know, I got over it and, you know, we could talk about it. And then I know, and then he's a little better. You know, he will be, you know, he, he tries to be a little better. But yeah, I've had Not, so many things I've had to grieve. I feel. Yes. No, I understand. Like, that, I didn't even think of it from that standpoint of how grief can look, how show up in the standpoint. But I guess you mentioned it about, you know, as you em- evolve through life experiences that you don't think about the shedding of yourself, like who you were before you got married or your expectations of what you thought things would be and having to grieve the expectations. Or I think about just personal, and me and my husband had talked about this before. Early on in our relationship, I was in like a little period because I was like, we had um, our first child early. I was 19, getting ready to turn 20, and he was 22. Um, so yeah, we were babies and a part of me, as we got older a little bit, I grieved what could have been if, you know, we just did the thing, not because, you know, I love my child. It has nothing to do with, you know, wanting to change how things were. Yeah. Sometimes I used to grieve this idea of, you know, of having your ducks lying in a row thinking like, you know, we could have been had a better start if we did these things and, mm-hmm. you know, set ourselves up more financially for children and prepared. And we gave up our 20s and grieving their life. So sometimes we don't, you know, necessarily think about that, you know, in the standpoint of grief and yeah. grieving our expectations. But there was something I had to let go because also thinking about like if those things hadn't come to pass in the way they did. 
I wouldn't have had the gifts that were afforded to me because of, you know, being so wrapped and consumed of my expectations of what life should be. Yeah. But life that's given yeah. to me is 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 operating in the way that it should. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's good. I think that was profound. So good. What did yeah. you say? Something you said was just really profound. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I could see what I don't Last 30 seconds. Something, oh, what did you say? Something about, because if you, things didn't happen that way. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what you say. We'll listen to it in recording, but that was profound. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Tell our listeners. Because I part back. But where, where are we in the grief stages now? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So, okay. Let us y'all know we're not reading from a script. But okay. <laughs> this is strictly from our hearts and minds. Yeah. Um, so for, okay, so we talked about denial and we know kind of what that looks like in the, in, you know, in the stage of grief, grief you know. Um, the second one was anger and it's just more of, Anger can show up in so many different ways when it comes to grief. Um, and, you know, if you think about it from a breakup or divorce, it could come up and show up as like, you know, I hate him or he'll regret he'll regret leaving me type thing. Or yeah. in a job loss, it can be they're terrible bosses. I hope they fail. I'm talking to <laughs> Listen, or you could be like Wanda from WandaVision and create a whole alternate universe and tear everything up. But that's a whole thing. <laughs> um, from the standpoint from the lens of like a death of a loved one it could look like you know if he or she cared about themselves more then this wouldn't have happened mm. or from like a terminal illness standpoint it can look like where is God in this and how dare God let this happen so your anger can just be outwardly in that standpoint so or and from my standpoint like I mentioned anger was within myself I was yeah. angered that I felt like I didn't fulfill, I didn't uphold my bargain of friendship as well as I should have before, you know, me losing her. And now I would never get to a point where I can make up for those voids that I may have, you know, created. So anger was my, was kind of, I sat in to both, I sat in maybe denial and anger for a period of time. And then if stage three is bargaining, which is basically, you know, you get to this point. I kind of feel like it's partially adjacent to denial because bargaining kind of shows up as you wanting to make a deal or defense against your emotions of grief. So... Mm. Again, like in a breakup or divorce, it can show up as like, if only I had stayed or spent more time with her, she would have stayed. Again, in a job loss, it can look like if only I worked more weekends, they would have seen how valuable I am. From the lens of a death of a loved one, if only I had called her that night, Mm. she wouldn't be gone. And um, basically thinking that you could have played, if you could have, something different that it would have prevented only if I had told him not to go out and drive last night maybe he would be here like those things that that, that's yeah a stage two or you can kind of feel like you are part of the process of the reason of why that person lost and your input could have made the difference yeah stage four 
And we can elaborate on these things on, you know, once I go through them so we can identify kind of where we feel we are. Yeah. Stages. Stage four is depression. And of course, this is the point where all the feels become real. You really start to kind of um, break. This is basically your breaking point. You ice, you might find yourselves a period where you isolate yourself from others in order to fully cope. You, it could be up and down days where you feel overwhelmed, you feel foggy, heavy, um, and you just can't bring yourself to the point of coping, to say. And some examples is like from a breakup or divorce. Why do I go on at all? Like, I can't do anything else. I can't be with anyone else. Mm. Job loss. I don't know how to go forward from here. Um, death of a loved one. What am I without him or her? In a terminal illness diagnosis, my whole life comes to this terrible end. So it's just really, you know, really in the thick of it. Um, and some days are even more harder than other days. Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. There, I know for me it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, and it's, it's amazing the how drastic the difference can be, how high and how low it can yes. be. Mm. And how you can experience those highs and lows in the same day, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, one thing I've been praying for is patience with myself and with my mother because she's, I've seen the change for her like overnight, like from the, yeah. Overnight, like I don't want to say she's more, like she's bewildered or whatever, but she's struggling with things that she didn't struggle. And I kind of, I have to have more patience with that because that's just like, wow. Yeah, you know, and you yeah. ask me something, and I may think, or you say, you, I know you know, you know, but then I have to remember what well, she wouldn't have asked me if she knew, would she? Well, yeah. and your mother's the type of thing, and just have to be like, ah, okay, and just have more patience. So I'm grieving the loss, you know, the mother I had. You know, yeah, according to her, her independence, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're Linda, awesome. She well, because she dedicated so many years to being his primary caregiver, yes, and that's on her hands. I don't think she doesn't know what to do, yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, because we're trying to get her out and have people come over and people call and stuff like that, and um, you know, so I'm grieving that too. And it's not like I've already lost my mother, and I, I my cousin told me this years ago when her grandfather had Alzheimer's. He died years later, maybe 20-something years later, and, she, and I remember consoling her. And she's like, thank you. She said, but, you know, we lost him, you know, like 20 years ago when he had Alzheimer's. Like, he was mm-hmm. gone mm-hmm. then. So I kind of feel like I'm not at that place, but I am grieving the mother that was be- I had before my father died. That person's gone. I know mm-hmm. I feel different. Yeah. You know, my sister, too. And, you know, I'm afraid. Like, I don't even want to leave because what's going to happen now? Well, you know, that's what's going to happen to her. But you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, you know, your parents are going to die. But it's like, oh, you want to be there. How, how do I know I'm going to be there if I be here, if I'm not here all the time? If I just name the house today. I'm getting to that point where it's like crazy thoughts. I mean, you know, and I'm like, you know, who can be by, with somebody 24 hours a day anyway? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's to be irrational. I shouldn't say crazy, but irrational thoughts. So it's it just like you said, and like, if I don't leave, she won't die, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm here, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know, you, you have those irrational thoughts and yeah. that's not going to do me any good, you know, and it makes you, 
it causes anxiety, unnecessary anxiety for myself if I start thinking like that. And I notice that in my behavior, it changes the way I act in the here and now. I'm not mindful. You know, I'm not, not present. And that I have to be very careful of because as I say, we gave dad, you know, we gave, with, our, with dad, we gave ourselves the good, no regrets. I don't want to look back and say, you know, you were here in the house, but you were acting crazy because you were worried about something in the future instead of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, just about to say, we find sometimes often that we we fall into these standpoints of reactive living versus intentional living. Yeah. And we are so focused on what could be the next thing that I need to prepare myself for or react to versus how do I take presently, you know, even though I've experienced loss, how do I accept the life that is yeah. around me? Yeah. Still find a way to find joy in the daily. Yeah. Fight the pain. And that is hard. <laughs> Absolutely. My my grandmother said that uh, after my mom passed, like she, she obviously going through the stages of grief and that, that depression hit her extremely bad where she couldn't function and she was put on medication. And she said, I hated the way that medication made me feel. And I think even in that kind of, when she was in that pit, she was like, what am I doing? First of all, she had two other kids, two sons that she was still raising. uh, And then me, and she said, I had to be like, no, like I still have, there are other things and other people around me that are still worth fighting for and the and I, and I had she said I had to come out of that funk and I had to start living you know what I mean and not negating the loss of my daughter but I still had other things to live for right but even with that too because mm. sometimes we'll say we can say that and people will take it as or they'll say to you yeah you have to keep living you have to keep living there's more life and there's no other things surrounding you you need to keep living yeah, they understand that it's still, it's not just a a leap from from that no. to that. There's no, no, no pockets of just like you know, baby, right? It's there, absolutely. And I think she had. She said she had to tell herself that it wasn't anybody else. She oh, no, had no, to come to that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, but I was just saying too, like because a lot of times you do have other people in your ear when you're grieving and being like, okay, now it's time. We got to get up. We got to right. be doing this, this, and this. It's like, you have to grieve on your own time and people have to understand that. And in your own way, I was just saying that for her, like she got to a place where she didn't like how she felt even in that right. depressive right. state and being medicated. And she, But it was on her, her own time. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, I think the fact that grief can cause you to get to to go into such a deep depression mm-hmm. and that a lot of people won't even go to see the doctor. I'm glad your grandmother went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, did the doctor know this? Like, did she go? Which, okay, because I know just on my general, the timing for my general physical, what annual physical happened to be around when my father died. And, mm. Oh, the other thing. Oh, my blood pressure is through the roof. Oh, Adrian. That's the other thing because my doctor was like, you know, yeah. And they're, you know, talking about my blood pressure. And I was like, you know, my father just died. And she was like, you know, that would probably be part of it. But, you know, um, so trying to keep that down. And so that's Mm -hmm. when she gave me the recommendation for the grief counseling. So I didn't know, like, your doctor 
at her doctor recommended or she she went forward, but I'd recommend anybody to be proactive and go forward. If, yes. Yeah. If, if you don't feel good, I mean, it's just like any, if you don't feel good with anything, you go to the doctor, right? So right. I hope it will be stigmatized. Right. And actually in our community, it can be. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I think just this lens, thinking of it from the lens of grief and thinking about, you know, seeking outside resources sometimes in in our community is not it's it can be you know we hold it in uh we keep it maybe close to the, some of the people that's close to us and then we still cope on our own but we never I don't say never I don't want to use the word never but therapy is typically most often not the first thing that we gravitate toward mm-hmm. um well, first, you know, either with food or alcohol or drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if we talk about it, like talking about now, it's helpful. It makes me feel lighter, <laughs> you know. And not like I give me direction, but just being able to talk about it. Because either yeah. you know, I don't necessarily want to talk to my sister or mother about it. Yeah. And that's maybe. But I don't want to be the one to bring it, bring, bring it up if they're in a good place with their grief for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But whenever my mother says, "Oh, I miss your father so much. I miss my husband," and, my, and you know, I'll talk about it with her then. But I don't ever want to be the one to bring it up. But maybe I should because that mother mothers want to be there for their children. So yeah, maybe I and should. she may be trying to be strong for you guys. Is it's because she's still the mother figure in this, even though you guys are adult children you're still children in her eyes and she's still that role of you know I have to protect my children so even sometimes we have to kind of switch roles and make it okay for parents to feel like they can be vulnerable in expressing their grief and their pain in a way because we may not that's good really fully grasp it because sometimes you know well not sometimes but our parents have spent more time together than with us as their children yeah. So their comprehensive, you know, their whole, I, you know, base proceeds so much that we can comprehend sometimes because we don't know some of those pockets of those times that they've shared together that may creep up in a memory that could, you know, cause a moment of either joy or, you know, sorrow. Yeah. And my parents, eight years. How many? Eight years. 68. 68. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, I'm not a counselor or a therapist, but uh, I, I definitely don't know how you go about in leading those conversations or just opening up. But I think it never hurts to just, whether if it's family or non-family, just to check in and, mm-hmm. um, and approach it in a way is just, I'm just checking on you today. and. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to leave it up to the person to really be open. And, and and that's another thing. Sometimes we're not open enough to really be comfortable enough to be vulnerable and say, but, you know, I'm not great at speak. Yeah, because my sister's personality, she's that type. I would have to check in with her. She's not going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because and she's my big sister. She's going to try to be strong for me, but I can check in with her. But that's a good mm-hmm. idea to check in with mom. Because I do ask my mother, how are you feeling in general? You know, uh, because, but that's habit. You all, you know, that's something I've always right. done. But I haven't right. asked her, like, how are you doing with your grief today? You know? Yeah. I should. And I will. See, thank you for this conversation. 
Because that will, if that, yeah, because that will also help me practice my patience muscle, right? You know? <laughs> so, no, we all need to do that. <laughs> you need grief or none. Covid <laughs> or none, I know. Telling that crazy, all the crazy stuff. Yeah, cool. you're not in the past of Miss South Carolina. Wait a minute, did Ida come your way? She did. She uh, okay. So we didn't. It it, it wasn't. She did. I don't know. I'm looking at you. I almost meant to text you last night and be like, Ida coming through here right now because we got uh, what's his name? Who who was it the other week? Kevin. What was it? Kevin, Kel, Kevin, yeah, one of Ivan. And was it Henri? Ivan, I miss Ivan. Maybe, maybe it was Henry, Andre, Andre, Andre. Yeah, now we we got him. Uh, he came a little bit stronger uh, the other week, but Ida, she just made it cloudy and a little rain. We still getting some rain from her right now, but yeah. Okay, that's how it is. I'm ready. I had a lot of lightning. That was three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that one got me up. Oh, I bet. But I didn't hear the. I just saw the light. Oh, okay. At least you can get them, them thunder. The thunder be thundering. <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, Yana. Uh, first, thank you for um reading off like those the stages of grief. I was just sitting here. Thinking, oh, I didn't like, even get the fifth one, but I'll tell you that I'll let you. Finish. Oh, go ahead. Well, didn't you list them off though? You listed all of them. Oh, except this was the last one. Oh, okay. So. Um. <laughs> But but I was just saying, like, sharing and listing them off um, because a lot of times I feel like, you know, how everybody be saying, like, now, like, let's normalize this or let's normalize that. Let's normalize allowing people and not even allowing others, but allowing yourself to to go through the stages of grief. I mean, that's 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 part of that process. That's a, yes. that's, that's under the umbrella of grief um, and allowing people to be in those moments. Because, you know, especially Black people, I'm just going to say it, or I'm going to say it. Because, you know, we like to touch, we like to talk one another out of things that we don't consider normal, if that makes sense. Like, quit all that. Get up, get up, get up and do this. And stop all that crying. This is, you know what I mean? We're quick to try to make you, like, get yourself together. And yes. Type of thing, which I think is, in some ways, related to slavery. Because I think everything. I already knew where you were saying <laughs> You know, master coming. He gonna get wipe wipe your face off and get out of here and get in this field and get to working. But anyway, but just let's norm. You know, normalize allowing people to grieve and go through that process as well as ourselves. I think the only time that you we should probably step in and as far as like inter uh what's what's intervene in a situation. Obviously, if someone is self harming. Then you know you want to if, if you're able to to recognize those signs and and try to get that person some help, but allow people to go through that those process that those processes because eventually or God willing you get to the point of the 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 last step which is acceptance and I mean we've talked about the fact that obviously grief never goes away it just kind of we cope and 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 it evolves uh, over time throughout our throughout our lives but that it's okay to go through those those stages. Right, right. And I just wanted to just clarify when it comes to acceptance, it doesn't mean like you're necessarily joyful or happy or, uh, you know. Yeah. It just means that you finally kind of navigated through the components of grief and then you've accepted that circumstance 
as now as something that is just a means in your life now. You've accepted grief herself. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's you good. You know, acceptance, yeah, is, it seems like that's something easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe even outside of grief, a lot of people just can't accept the, their, their situation, their current situation. And sometimes I wonder if that's because you're like, just people think if I accept it, that that means I can't change it. Mm-hmm. That we know when it comes to grief, like, okay, if you accept that person is dead, you can't change that. But I think that you come to the acceptance when you work through all the other stages. Is that how you get it? Because yeah, that's um, a, that's at least how I take how I take it is that you don't get to that stage until you've kind of gone through the other stages. But do y'all think that you can maybe like those stages can kind of kind of come in their kind of order too? I think it kind of can be a pendulum because when you think about sometimes. You can get to a point of healing, which I feel is partially acceptance is where you feel like you've healed a bit in that piece. Mm-hmm. But alone comes a trigger and it can take you back into a stage of feeling maybe, you know, depression or, you know, just I don't know. Like yeah. it could possibly bring resurface some hurt or still connect you back to points to where you've progressed through, but now you're in a new stage of something because you've now realized that you didn't heal and maybe you're not, I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense, but you make it sense because yeah. you know, I'm thinking you make it sense because I'm thinking some people not, aren't going to get to acceptance because they're not going to be okay with the anger. Or and so they're kind of you know, like, they keep cycling back through and not getting to that I final think so. stage. Yeah. Depending on the situation, you know, a, a parent that loses their child, or you know, so if somebody's you know killed in violence or an accident, or like you say, something that you think could have been prevented, you may never let go of that that anger. That's true. Yeah. Or yeah. the guilt that's associated with it. I think. Yeah. So I think some people never get to accept us. Or do you think sometimes even a snippet of acceptance, like? For example, just accepting the fact that that person is no longer there. Mm, I pray for that for people. Yeah. Because if you're not, then you kind of go into cuckoo land, don't you? What was that? Right. What was that movie? But um, Alfred Hitchcock one, the guy had the, Norman Bates, had his mother in the attic or whatever. Oh, uh, Psycho, you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's the extreme end, I guess, if you can't let go. Right, <laughs> right. Of somebody that's died. But I have been in places, you know, I don't want to say my mother has like a little memorial shrine, but, you know, we do. We've got pictures. Of, well, we always have pictures of a daddy everywhere. But now it seems like even more we're pulling out stuff and looking at things that, uh, because you wanted to stay alive. But I think that's healthy. Yeah. I, and I think that's healthy. Adrian, well, I was going to say, it's still extremely fresh. Yes. Yeah. Like, this well, is not yeah. something that happened. Ten years ago, like and there's some people that happened ten years. They're still probably processed. Absolutely, like, yeah, that's true, ladies. That's true, and it makes me feel like it's always going to feel like this. And then when I meet friends that have lost their fathers, I was like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And I was like, "They're like everybody's different for everybody." it's kind of like a joke, but it's like you know because we can console each other. And they say, "Yeah," and yeah, it's still yeah. bad for people. All the but in a way, and also I look at that in my situation as a testament to love, mm-hmm. you know, and a testament mm-hmm. to how much important my father was and the type of man that he was. Yeah. So, you know, I could carry that as well because it didn't have to be that way, right? It could have been a relief or it could have been um, we were estranged or, you know, it could have yeah. been a lot of things. So 
Absolutely. Um, keep all that in perspective, too. And then, yeah. you know what? I know it's only been three months, but I'm already tired of it. It's like, this can't be like, mm. oh. mm-hmm. you know, it's draining. It's draining. No, I, I, draining. I, it, it definitely can be heavy. And just from, you know, I'm only saying this just from personal experience, because, again, I don't know your, I can't necessarily say I know exactly how you feel because I haven't lost a parent. But I will say just from the heaviness, the loss in itself, that you have to process it before it consumes you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like for you. If that is talking to someone else or counseling, I'm an advocate for counseling. Like I'm looking for a psychiatrist too. Um, I want both. <laughs> um, Everybody. Um, but when you feel you are ready, I think it would be great to have that uh, that external outlet for you to navigate mm-hmm. because, you know, these are people that are trained and, you know, the, I think of it as this is a gift that we've been provided on earth to be able to utilize if there is a way and a means for us to um, receive it yeah. that can help. And I don't say it, it won't like me, it, like it, it may work different for you. It may not heal you, and, but it could take you one step beyond where you are now. And I I just uplift you and pray. I send all the light your way and that, you know, not only just for you, but for your family as a whole, that you can get to a place of where your days become lighter as you continuously progress through. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I would even suggest, and I don't know if you may, I'm sorry, I know we've, feel like we've, it's been an abundance of just information and sharing in our head. So I don't remember if you said this earlier, either Yana and Adrian may have mentioned it too, but even if you can find like a, um, even if you say you're, well, maybe I'm not ready to take that step to sit maybe one-on-one with the professional, maybe find a group, uh, get connected with a group of people who have maybe recently, or not even recently, but no, I wouldn't say no, not recently, just who are who are um who have experienced grief and uh are able to share because everybody may be in different stages and different places and you just being able to share um with a group of people who can relate uh being in that season I think would uh, be beneficial I have actually two friends who had literally within the last year lost their father they lost their father the exact same way just one, it was uh, progressive over time. And then the other was completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, the one friend who lost her father uh, ca- kind of out of nowhere, she she always texts me and uh, and she'll just say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm having a, I'm just having a bad day today. Like mm-hmm. I just, I saw a picture of my dad and it made me think of this. And I'm just really struggling with this today. So of course I got you. And she's just like, I'm not okay today. And I'm like, I don't really, like, yes, I've lost a parent, but it's not the same, right? She grew up with her father. You know what I'm saying? Her part, like she had a, her children had a relationship with their father. Um, but I, I do know the one thing, if I don't know nothing else, I know that it's okay to have, it's okay to not be okay. Right. Um, and so a lot of times, sometimes I'm just like, I, I'm praying for you, 
You know what I mean? And I just, hey, it's okay to not be okay. And you looking at those pictures, man, pull out some more pictures and like, just think about, you know what I mean? Like reminisce and just have a good, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just those type of things. And my other friend who I thought was going to have a harder time, even though her father's disease was progressive, She's done, she's done extremely well. And it could just be a stage of grief that she's in right now, right? She could be in, in denial right now. Um, but I've had enough conversations with her also to know that I think because she had time to sort of prep herself for his passing, that it was a little bit easier, although it's still hard. She said, I still have my days and my moments. Um, but it's just interesting to see uh, the dynamic of how people grieve so differently. Um, but the sim- the situations um, are extremely similar, with the exception of just the timing of how of how it happened. But yeah, I don't know why I said all that. No, that just... that's that's a great one, and I would also yes, and I would also add if you're not even ready to outwardly express it to someone else, just getting it out on your own, writing it out, <laughs> um, I'm definitely. Yeah, fitting in a journal, and if that's just you and your time, and just if there's anger that you feel, write that out. Mm-hmm. If it's joy that you feel, write that out. You know, um, because just getting it outside of your body takes some of the heaviness off of you. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's cleansing. Mm-hmm. And tears are good too. Oh, you know I'm a proponent of tears. <laughs> I bet you're gonna be a professional crier. Yeah. I've been manufacturing those. <laughs> Adrian, she's well on her way. She's certifying. <laughs> but they are cleansing. That that it does help. It does help. Um, but it, it the, the strange thing about tears, they can come from nowhere, can't they? When you're driving or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything on a morning walk or um, making breakfast. I was crying. Making toast. (laughs) (laughs) A smell can trigger you. Yeah. That's true. You're absolutely right. A smell. That's true. That's true. But you know what? What I think I've learned from grief is that it's a necessary thing. I'm going to let myself do it as long as possible. Talk about it. I'm not going to hide it. And I'm going to be patient because I know other people are grieving, like close, close to me and in my circle. Because as we say, there's so many different things that people can be grieving about. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, you never know. So I just want to be pa- patient with myself, make sure that I'm, I'm trying to take what I learned from you guys, because this is important. Because this is, I told you it's going to be therapy for me, but I know I have to be mindful and in the present and I have to be patient with me and others. If it gets too happy for me, I shouldn't be afraid to, like, even all the things I'm doing for myself, like exercising and journaling. And even if that still feels too heavy, don't be afraid to talk to a professional. Mm -hmm. Yes. And lean into your support. I know that our relationship is newly formed, but we feel like we're family. Yeah. And, you know, Terry and I are never not a shame. Never not a shame. <laughs> the right. We're just a prayer away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, if you just need a, a, a text to give you a laugh, because we, you know, we can do that too. We, we yeah, can do all day. If you need us to pray for you, 
Uh, and I will pray for you as well. I'm taking you up on that offer now. Yes, please. Yes, I will keep you in my prayers too. Thank you. Yes, I believe that's in the it. power of prayer. I Come on. It. I know that's right. Be on that bed. I think even more than anything, one of the greatest gifts when it comes to processing grief um, that God gave us is the power of connections. Because we were, you know, I feel like we were create, we're naturally connectors. And I don't think that we were meant to do life moments alone. Like we easily can share the good times with each other and connect in that way. But we should equally be there for each other to connect and uplift in these times when we need them most. Because we all have these up and down moments. And when I'm on a high, I got a little strength to hold you up. Let me hold you up. Because when these things buckle, I'm going to need somebody to catch. I know that's right. That's right. (laughs) I'm putting all my body weight on you. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're right. And there is, I feel blessed that we did connect like family right away. So I didn't have to fight through those trust issues or, you know, all those little things that you go to. It's like you're real people. But I know Sophia wouldn't introduce me to, to, to people who weren't genuine anyway. She's a blessing. But still, even beyond that, yeah. Yes. Because you always say, yeah. we don't have to talk about anything personal. I, always, I feel like nothing's off the table with you guys. Oh. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that is rare. Yeah, no. I really <laughs> appreciate that. And your grace and the space that you've given me and um, just the opportunity to be in your company and to talk and to share resources. I've already um, sent you to Facebook um, on your Instagram. I sent you the sister, that therapist that's in Denmark. And I'm oh. in school with the therapist and, um, but how was the therapist? She's in um, she's in Detroit. But I'm okay. just resources for like women that look like us that could help us with. Um, I'm not saying those aren't exhaustive, but there's two people that I personally know are wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if anybody wanted a one on one, or maybe join our group, something. Yeah, um, we will make sure that those uh, we're we're connecting those. I can't even speak right. Lord have mercy that we're attaching that information into our show notes. Yeah, your show notes. It was one of my dreams. I would love to create like a a therapy or counseling fund, just like just a pool, just money that whenever there's a sister that comes in our presence, she ain't even got to worry about it. Think about how she going to get to counseling. Like you you just find a counselor. It's done. Wow. That's dope, Yana. <laughs> I like that. Oh. I like that. It happened. It could happen. I thought you could do it today. <laughs> I love so that's that. wonderful. Think of the community exactly pulling the resources together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is one big thing I think we've we've learned through COVID. Like if we didn't know before, that we need medical professionals that look like us and listen to us. Mm-hmm. We say we don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So same thing with the mental and very important now. So yeah. I'm glad you, you thought about that. And you know what I'm finding? It's hard to find because I, in my search, within my, my health care, I was like, I want black people. So I was looking at Howard. I was looking places where you can kind of figure out or, you know, look up the doctors. Mm-hmm. And either their books, they were on vacation, or they're not a lot of the resources. Well, no, how I found see. How? So I don't know if, I'm pretty sure D.C. might have one because it's a major city, but so here in Dallas, oh, um, yeah. there's a Facebook group called DFW Black Medical Professionals. Let me... And it's just a directory, no matter, you can put like 
find like close to your area um, from medical professions all across whatever type of medicine that you need. Um, And yeah. And great thing about from the therapy side is that, you know, you can always get or most often than not, I think most therapists offer that is that they offer like a free consult. So you can, you know, make sure you're a good fit and things of that nature before you commit to the canals. And that's how I met mine is like, you know, I found one there. Of course, you can always cross reference on um, psychology today. And yeah, and just have the conversation because, you know, you can always go by reviews, but I want to talk to you first to make sure like if I'm good, I need to make sure I can trust you. Oh, yeah. So yeah, um, that's how I found it. Oh, and DFW Black Professionals, being a DFW area, y'all better check them out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. find anything from, like I said, from dentists to allergists to regular practitioners to very specific needs. Listen, like, I've I found so many jewels since yeah. I've been here. I'm just, just, I'm just, oh, yeah, out there. That's, I that's, you. oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you and your Jesus. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if um, there. Well, you know, I'm sitting here scrolling on Facebook. No, that's what you said. And I'm looking through here and I see, I'm going to keep looking, but I see group, if anybody listening is a professional, there are groups for professionals to join and they're sharing resources with each other. So you're right. There's a lot of this out here. Um, mm-hmm. Minority healthcare professionals, like I put in DMV for the. Um, East yeah. Maryland and Virginia, they say that. But yeah, a lot of mental health, a lot of things are coming up. But that was, that's another good tip. Thank you very much. I hadn't thought about that. No, 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 I see one here, DMV Doctors of the Diaspora. It's 600 members, but it says a meeting place for female physicians and medical students of color. So I love the thought of that. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's great. So. Yeah, that's a, another excellent tip. And, oh, I can share that when we got daddy in home hospice, I was able to find out how to navigate that and get that to happen quickly because one of my best friends who's dead, but her, his sister had done it for her mother. And she also gave me and my sister a lot of resources for groups for caregivers. Like if you just want to be in the group, you know what mommy did today or... You know, that type of thing. And we personally have not um, taken advantage of those resources. And I don't think that's a good idea. We need to. We should have. Um, so mm-hmm. I can still look at them. But I encourage anyone that if you're dealing with, if you're caretaking or caregiving for an older parent, you know, for, for anyone, that they're, they're resources for you as a caregiver. And they also include resources for after the person you cared for is gone, you know. Mm-hmm. So they are resources out there. So because even if you say, I don't have, they, they don't cover that in my health care. Those, those resources can be free. A lot of those are free. Yeah. Uh, because one of them that she gave me that she really liked was through a church that, that had provided that service. Mm-hmm. So don't let insurance or lack of or whatever be um, a deterrent to finding ways to deal with your grief. Because there are it's a lot of a community that comes together and there is a lot of um, therapy that may be available at free or low cost. Yes. I do know we have to think about that sometimes because that keeps people from getting checked for a lot of things. You know, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but there are resources. Check your church for sure. There are a lot of times and your pastor will give you grief counseling. Yes. Yeah. With that, yes. And I mentioned that, I mean, but yes, that is definitely a, a resource as well. 
So, salute. And this conversation was such. That's right. We, we, you are not alone. No, I'm, I'm with you guys. You know, I feel that put my guy out of this too. I'm not alone. I got my girl. You know, that's what Yana stands for. You are not alone. You, you are, are not, not alone. alone. <laughs> Alexa, cue Michael Jackson. Another day is gone. I'm still all alone. How could this be? Let me tell you something. She needs a couple of more. She needs a couple of in-person visits from us. Let me figure out real quick. Okay. That was just off the dome. I was like, you know what? That's what that's what y'all understand. You got it. Okay. And I think Michael Jackson the whole time. I knew you know. I got an Alexa over here. I was waiting for yours to come up. <laughs> oh, look, she not, she's still in boxes somewhere. You're not, you're not unpacked completely, I guess. No, Terry, we still in between. <laughs> I done moved, but we still, we not, we not, uh, we not, you know, our permanent missions. Yeah. And in between there, you're not your final rip. <laughs> you're not all out of home. No, yeah, no, no, nope. not yet. But y'all so young, so what? You know, that's nothing to be like worried about. You know, mm-hmm. well, we were. We not thought we were in our for it. We thought we was in our forever home in Texas. We were, and then this got So, but it's, I still be but when I you be driving. What I mean, not to worry about it. I know it's disruptive, but you know what I mean. You know, you guys know we've been through enough stuff that you know. Okay. That's not what I thought it was going to be, but it's something bigger. We know how God works. For oh, of course. Absolutely. I shouldn't say of bigger. Because it doesn't have to be bigger. It could be no. different. That's yeah. right. That's right. You Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. So that's okay. But I, just aside, you know, the military wife was always moving. I think we last time we moved two years ago, I think my husband told me since I've been here, he just unpacked the last box or something. Wow. That was in the basement. Yeah. Oh. Uh, because he wants to do some painting down there. I could see, I could picture there were like five boxes that you did. And so he's still finding stuff. And it's just, ugh. But now, and that's, oh, I'm so lucky when I go home, he's done that. And he's painted and done some stuff. He's bored. 
that's what I think eat your husband for a while. Like I think that's when I left May. What is it? Yeah. He's like projects done. All kinds of stuff. And it's like sit back and it's like, wow. We hadn't hung anything up on the wall. You know, he's putting out like, okay, maybe we'll have to post some stuff. So he gotta feel that time. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta feel that time constructively. <laughs> You gonna walk in the house and I know again. You said you'll never see it. I'm not gonna know, but I'm like, send me pictures, send me pictures. And then my heart, then it's like, oh, I miss there being there. But that's good to see and to, you know, to see what he's doing. But yeah, it's like, you know, keep busy because, you know, I'm grieving that too. Stop being separated from my husband for so long. That's like, oh, yeah. Do you have a, a time frame for yourself or are you just letting it, you just make well, it? No, no. Yeah. Well, that's a good question because I did obviously change my original plans and then I didn't have bargained with him and like he needs me back like for something to happen on October 30th. So I'm going like October 22nd. And then I was like, I want to come back like the week before Thanksgiving. He hadn't said anything yet. I'm like, that might be too soon, but he's going to come December 18th. But I do know I'm not going to wait till December 18th to come back. So I just have to play that by ear because I'm like, what is this? Some things that I need to do. Like he's like, other than just be here, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but like this specific events that you want me to, like, you know what I mean? Like these are yeah. things that you want. I want to be there to do those things with you and for you. Right. Um, right. So and he's like, yeah, well, we got this here and this, you know, because with the COVID things are, you know, being planned and and this thing could be maybe canceled. But I'm like, I had to at least, and you know, it's just sucks that he happened to be some commitment he had to work so he couldn't come this time you know and travel so it's just like the the separation and that's the thing with the military you kind of have to accept because I was like I have to grieve that I don't have a husband that's going to be here with me when we have my father's memorial service that sucks yeah but and my dad being a World War II veteran we are going to get the internment in Arlington and we don't know when that'll be and I'm just hoping that the Lord has it in place for my military husband to be there in uniform yeah, you know, like he couldn't be here now, but he's, you know, that's where he's going to be, be, be able to be there because that would be another traumatic thing. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be traumatic, but it, well, yeah, cause ceremonial, whatever. Another time where the last public grieving experience, I don't know what it'll be because I've never been through it before, but yeah. you know what I mean? That type of thing. So I'm, I yeah. just realized my grieving, not having my husband here. Why did I have to go through that alone? Yeah. So that's the anger. I mean, I was at that anger stage for that grieving period for a long time. For a long time, that anger stage. Yeah. Like, and got to accept it, but that anger stage was long. And disbelief thinking, oh, he's going to be able to come even though I know he can't. He's going to figure out some way. Yeah. You know, denial. Yeah. Then in the anger for a long time when it wasn't going to happen. What were the other three real quick? Because I said, did I get through this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so it was denial. Um, again, yeah. then anger, and then bargaining. Bargaining, I did. Yeah, I did go through that. Still trying to think maybe he could work some things around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, depression, and then acceptance. Yeah, and yeah. Just a quick note on that before we wrap is just I feel like you know when we talked about acceptance, that can some people fully experience acceptance? And yeah. I think that sometimes, sometimes. Grief can be in stages or acceptance is also in stages. So you may be able to accept that, you know, the, the you know, what's the cause and experience, but you may not still fully have progressed through some of the air elements of processing the grief deeper. I don't yeah. think that makes sense. 
Yes, like, makes sense to me. Yes, makes sense. It makes sense to me. Because I know, especially with this particular situation, like I say, we still have this thing coming up with Arlington. So if my husband can't come for that, that's going to still be take me back to that place that mm-hmm. you weren't there for any other thing, no matter what the circumstances are, even if it's not fair for him. Yes. You know? But you're right. So taking it one day at a time. One stage. Thank you for the stage. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you for this. Thank you for actually approaching us about having this conversation. Yes. Because honestly, I've wanted to talk about it, but not really. But because I, I didn't know the, the right approach. I didn't know yeah. if I had the words or, you know, I just didn't know how we were approach this kind of conversation. And I appreciate you, you know, especially in the thick of your grief, wanting yeah. to be open with the world. Yeah. And talk through something. You really helped me. Thank, Thank you. you. Listen, I, I didn't even have what we were supposed to talk about before, but this is something. You know, it wasn't important. It was. This, this, the reason mm-hmm. we didn't talk before is because we're supposed to have this conversation, this conversation. today. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, even for me, like, I even, the little tears I shed it today, I got a little relief. Like, I feel lighter. I ain't going to hold y'all. I feel lighter. And I didn't even know I needed to have this. Like I said, I really thought I was just going to sit back in the cut. I really did. I really, really did. So thank both of you. Thank, thank you, uh, Adrian, for bringing this to the table. Yana, yeah, like, thank y'all both. I, I, you thank won. you for saying yes, because I didn't even give you a choice. I just said, I booked us a, a time. You so did. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think you said, is that day good? It wasn't even like, you want to talk about it? It was like, is that date and time good? Because <laughs> I didn't confirm it already. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate y'all so much and um, I, um, I can't wait to hear from you again and we just be a absolutely well of all yes all of that and just to close out you guys again um, just to make this short I won't necessarily go through all the resources but we'll definitely have those posted in our show notes mm-hmm. but if you are in a standpoint where you're feeling like you can't move forward and like you are to the point where you you're having some deep, dark feelings or you wanting to harm yourself or it's just it has become too unbearable. I do want to give you the suicide prevention hotline number. So that is to your avail. Um, it is 1-800-273-8255. Again, it's 1-800-273-8255. Again, as we mentioned, you know, you are not alone in this. There are people and resources and, you know, that can't, that are ready and available to talk to you, whatever grief or that your experience looks like that you're tied to, that is difficult to progress. So we don't want you to feel like you're, you're, you can't, you can't make it through. And, you know, you guys may not know Terry, well, you might know me and Terry through just us talking and acting crazy on the show. But if there's any way that you want to connect through us, you know, our DMs, our emails are open and we can connect yeah. the resources. We'll happily we do that. You can always send us an email at info at melanatedconversations.com. Um, we love to help you find the resources if we can, um, you know, however, you know, we can to get you connected in that way. Um, but again, we'll definitely have a list of other resources for you on our site. So please and as well as our social media, we'll post those there too. So yes. um, just stay connected. You can find us at Melanated Combos. 
Um, but again, thank you, ladies, so much for being open, for being vulnerable and truthful in your experience. And like you said, it's been a therapeutic moment. No, of course. Of yeah, course. I really appreciate it. I think today's conversation was a combination of, I mean, it's, it was truly what Terry and I envisioned when we started this show of, you know, connecting our experience with Black women and sharing, you know, and our truthness from our own perspectives and really having a safe space for that. Um, this has probably been one of the greatest conversations that I feel like we've had. And we've had quite a few. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've had a lot. Yeah. So, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for this and grateful to you ladies yeah. and to our listeners who continue to always support us and keep us lifted. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. We've been talking, I've probably been talking enough. So I'm just going to end on that note and say until next time, melanate on that. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. voice.